Good evening and welcome to the quarantine edition number two of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing all right. Hanging in there. Yeah, hopefully everybody is hanging in there during incredibly anxious and, um, I don't know, just a, a very odd time for all of us. Very scary. Um, hopefully everyone is safe and sound wherever you are. Uh, we're going to have fun with this tonight as always. We don't mean to make light of this or make too many jokes if people are really struggling or have family members that are. Um, but we're here to have fun. We certainly need the distraction, Rob. Oh, <laughs> do we ever. Do oh we gosh. ever. Yeah. Um, so if you didn't get a chance, it was a cool episode last week with Coach O'Regan, um, sort of a real-time walkthrough of the CAA tournament getting canceled and sports shutting down and kind of an interesting um, inside-the-ropes look at that. Uh, you can come back. We're going to have some other guests coming up in the next couple of weeks, I think. We're kind of working that out right now. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk about there's actually been some big news in Jamie sports in the last week. Uh, it's kind of fun to talk about it. Rob and I almost forgot that we hadn't talked about this, uh, but we're going to talk about the new hoops coach. Before we do any of that, though, Rob, we do want to give our always our and more than ever um, our shout outs to our sponsors, Pale Fire Brewing in Harrisonburg and Mossy Creek in Harrisonburg. Um, I saw this is really cool, right? That Pale Fire is doing a pop-up food bank supporting the local restaurant workers in Harrisonburg. Um, they've kind of partnered with uh, a bunch of people downtown, right? And they're doing, I'm trying to look at it, Tuesday through Saturday, 1 to 6 p.m. for food pickups in the tap room. Um, for anyone who has a recent pay stub from service industry place in Harrisonburg or, you know, restaurant industry spot in Harrisonburg. So anybody who needs... Some extra um, food to get you through this time. Um, a lot of people doing without right now in that industry. It's super scary for them. We know it's going to be a few more weeks till there's anything from the government. And we're not here to talk political. But just uh, Tuesday through Saturday, give Pale Fire a call. Go in there, check it out. And, of course, you can pick up beer to go. So that's really cool of Pale Fire. I think, Rob, you were saying, look for the helpers when there's a crisis. And yeah, this is what Mr. Those. Rogers said. Um, yeah. No, it's fantastic. Like, it's so cool. And breweries, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, seem to be a little more nimble than yeah. some restaurants. You know, it, it's very easy, particularly places like Pale Fire, which do distribution. You know, you can get mm -hmm. them all over. And the tap room is like a huge source of revenue and source of fun and source of community. Mm -hmm. But I think they're probably better positioned to survive, certainly, than restaurants. But it's been really cool to see how kind of agile everybody has been. I know the restaurants up here are, are struggling, but they're yeah. all doing curbside pickup. And like my neighbors are, everybody's trying to do it, you know, like a couple nights a week, go out and mm -hmm. help these businesses. Realizing it, it means a lot to us. We, it means more to them, yeah. uh, but it means a lot to those of us that chose to live in all these neighborhoods. Yeah, you sure want to be close to this. These are, these are important pieces of our community. Um, so it's been really cool to see Pale Fire. Uh, for folks up in Northern Virginia area, I encourage you to check out Aslan. They're doing a liquid bread promotion mm -hmm. where if you t if you order takeout or delivery from all sorts of local businesses, and it's not just ones mm -hmm. in Alexandria or Herndon where the breweries are, yep. it's all over. Mm -hmm. If you do that and then take a picture of your receipt and email it to them, they're mm -hmm. going to give you liquid bread, which are like virtual dollars that you'll be able to reimburse for discounts in their tap room. So really really cool um breweries yeah. are known for being such like a communal business community where it's competitive but everybody kind of helps each other mm -hmm. and the sewer pale fire and as and all these other breweries 
are really stepping up to help restaurants, uh, which are kind of part and parcel of the whole thing. It, it's, it's, it's cool to look for ways to be inspired. And mm-hmm. I was trying to explain it to my kids that this is an awful situation and it's mm-hmm. scary. And we're worried about the health of our communities and we're worried about the health of our economy. But I equated a little bit to like nine 11 mm-hmm. where that was an awful, awful tragedy. But I also remember the good that came out of it in terms of sense of community in terms mm-hmm. of like there were months there and unfortunately it didn't last as long as we all wanted, but you remember little things. I know like Todd, you were on the mm-hmm. news there if you just coming out of church and stuff <laughs> yeah, like that. Absolutely, yeah. Or there are just things like in my neighborhood there was like, you know, people walking around all night with candles and people just seem to be a little bit friendlier to each other. Um, it kind of awful tragedies force you to look inward and to kind of reevaluate your priorities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it seems so silly. Normally this time of year, my biggest source of stress would be how am I going to manage getting home from work and getting the kids to sports on time? Mm-hmm. And how am I going to negotiate carpools? I would love to be dealing with some of those problems right now. Yeah, you know? right, yeah. Like yeah. it's just, it's one of those situations where it just, it made me really appreciate my friends, my family. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I just yep. normally we text each other, picked up the phone and called uh, it was like I was walking on cloud nine, like just right. talk, getting the chance. Like it's for so many of us to have conversations with friends or to like, I've done a couple of these zoom things and it's a little bit awkward, but like you do feel better. My neighbors are walking their dog today uh-huh. and they called out to us from 50 feet away on the sidewalk and they're like, come out and say hi. Mm-hmm. We came out on our porch and we had a 40 foot conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but just things like that are just, it makes you realize like we, all these things that I worry about and I think that I need to achieve in terms of promotions and salaries and I got so insignificant. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to hang out with my friends and family yep. and, yeah. and walk down the street and go to local businesses and have cookouts <laughs> and sit on the sidelines and have coffee at a soccer game. You know, mm-hmm. it's the simple thing. So yep. it's, it's a terrible tragedy. I've got cabin fever like you do and everybody mm-hmm. else does. But if I got to stick it out for three, four more weeks and then we can all start recovering, that is such an easy price to pay. Sure is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly right, Rob. And just, I mean, not that, you know, (laughs) who knows what our audience is feeling, but you and I, we got an email this afternoon from one of our other friends. You know, I I think a lot of us, I mean, I'm not a parent, but you guys who are parents are trying to be so tough (laughs) to, not tough, but just like put up a good front, not be panicked, not let your kids see you be panicked. Um, but yeah, pick up the phone and call your friend. Cause I think you and I just needed to vent to someone outside of the three people in our houses, right. Yep. You know, um, and maybe express a little bit of our own anxiety that in a way that we don't feel comfortable doing in front of our families, you yeah. know, in quite the same way, or don't, don't, we're choosing not to. Um, but yeah, call us, <laughs> talk to us. So yeah. obviously we've been a little, you know, I don't know. It's funny. It's just a weird time. Um, yeah. And then the guys at Mossy Creek, uh, the shop is closed, but they are doing sort of pickup curbside pickup as well. So if you need flies or stuff to go fishing down there in the Valley, you can go by there. You can call them. Um, they obviously have a great online store as well for gear and merchandise and stuff. So you could, you know, fill your fishing needs from home for now, um, or call them at 540-434-2444 and ask them, you know, questions and then go do curbside pickup for anything you need as we get into the height of the spring season. And, you know, for people who are fortunate to live down there where they're not, um, you know, where it's not 
I don't know, imposing on other communities where you're right next to the fishing spots, um, you know, get out there and enjoy yourself as best you can. Just don't get hurt while you're doing it. So, yep. Yeah, that's all. Um, and there's lots of direct ways that, you know, our friends up here at Bear Branch and Ragtime and Roadside, you know, there's GoFundMe pages set up for a lot of those places. You can find ways to support people directly. I was thinking of my people in Greensboro at Grace Tavern who have done a lot for the JMU community the last few years. Um, they're still open for takeout in the evenings. Even if it's not your favorite food, it means the world to them. You know, the one or two employees they can keep on an hourly shift there in the evening uh, for you to go by and get takeout if you can. So that's uh, that's all. Now we're on to the fun part. Rob, a couple things um, before we get to Coach Byington. Um, I did enjoy the BPI simulator for the women that had the women advancing to the Sweet 16. That was cool. That yeah, was, it was cool. It, yeah, it was neat. Um, yeah. It's funny to me how many people misinterpreted that, and they're like, "Oh, look, they were predicted to go." I was like, oh, no, no. <laughs> that analogy it was so like, it was showing like, no, it's it's March, and that's what's so great about it. And that's why it's such a bummer we miss because it really is. Anytime they, they throw the ball up and tip it off, somebody could win, and you know it was yep. bittersweet, but it was cool yes. just to see them considered in, in the whole little thing, along with Drexel. Yes, and the yep. scenario they had was, um, I believe they said, you know, Jamie and Drexel playing in the championship, and Jamie losing, which losing. enabled Drexel to sneak in. So yes, yeah, that was um, cool. It was nice for yeah. both, both schools and nice for the CAA. Yeah, that was cool. Um, also, I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but we um, longtime sort of follower of ours, Hope Byram from JMU Diving, won the CAA Diver of the Year award. Uh, so sort of postseason. Just for us to go back and say congratulations to Hope. That was cool. Obviously, swimming and diving, winning the CAA again, I think. Right? I, I yeah. think I had that right. Yeah. I, so, um, I, as I always. So. Yeah, great to them. Um, and then, Rob, I just was going to point out to people on Twitter. I know you've been posting, and it's kind of cool. I've been enjoying your putting a song up at the end of the night every night. Uh, I was going to ask you. I don't know if you found any particular streams. I've enjoyed um, – Ryan Bingham has done a like nightly song in his basement. Really enjoyed his. I listened daily to post. Trey did one yeah. from his living room. Yeah, that was cool. I know um, the Willie yeah, Nelson a... and, and Lucas Nelson that whole festival last week mm-hmm. that was live streamed. And I see um, Nora Jones has been doing them every day. Kind of enjoyed those. And I, there's a lot I of things know coming that. up. You got to send me that because for whatever reason, yeah. I have found that Nora Jones is my favorite calm down music me too i started it's listening definitely... to the i was yeah. having a moment last friday where i yeah. really was i was having a tough time i yeah. just started like freaking out and i was like yeah. pacing and even my kids are like dad you got some anxiety <laughs> and everybody else left the house for a bit and i put on Nora jones and i cleaned and it completely calmed me down yeah there's been a lot of Nora jones a lot of uh Ray Lamontagne, a lot of Nina Simone here mm-hmm. in my house trying to, yeah, get out of my own head. Yep. I, I actually tried to put on Radiohead the other day, and it just made it worse. Oh, I can't. And I was like, I can't do yeah, that. I can't do that. Yeah. So um, that's pretty cool. And then the last dangerous thing, Rob, I, I was thinking, I really, God, I, you know, anyways, we'll get to it in time. But, you know, getting concerned about the summer and fall sports as well. You know. Oh yeah, very, yeah. very much. So. And, and I, I'm sure we both read that article about the uh, Champions League game. That I couldn't appears, even click on it. Yeah, yeah, appears to have been a massive source of the spread in yeah. Northern Italy. The Atalanta, um, Atalanta, yeah. and, and the Valencia visiting fans that then took it back to Spain, Spain. as well. Yeah, so um, you know, obviously, it makes me think: what would it? You know, that could have been the same thing here if it was opening day today for baseball or. 
the middle of playoff season for football or something. So yeah. who knows? Um, I mean, that that's the silver lining in this is yeah. it wasn't, you know, maybe an, the an NBA canceling so quick was a real blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, so hopefully, but with that, we do have great JMU sports news. I, I think both of us are on board. Apologies in advance to those of us who, those of you who call us apologists um, and, and, you know, sort of, defenders of the school but i think both of us are strongly on board with the coach the hire of coach mark byington from georgia South. and I, I mean i don't think i i've made it pretty clear that i didn't think getting a big name was important and i didn't even want to go in a big name so this is right. exactly the sort of hire i was looking at like somebody who's done more yeah, head coach with experience. less i mean mm-hmm. to me this is mike houston all over again yeah you know some somebody who was successful at a lesser program that had Never really had a lot of success in the Citadel. Uh-huh. You know, like Georgia Southern. I mean, you've never yeah. heard of their basketball team because they're Georgia Southern. Nobody cares. Yeah, um, I, I couldn't. Yeah. It's a complete afterthought. And I think the three years leading up to his hiring, they had 35 wins combined. He's had 20 in three straight years. And you can pick and poke at the schedule. and everything. But the point is, like, you do what you got to do to turn the thing around. Um mm-hmm. And I happen to prefer kind of the Shelly Klaus, um, like, yeah, yeah. you know, Coach Shelly approach to scheduling yeah. where you, you make it tough. But John Thompson was successful for a number of years going the other way, being like, no, make winning a habit. Um, right. In certain situations, like, I want JMU to get to the point where we've got a schedule like we had during the lefty years. But I just want wins now. You yeah. Know, like, yeah. Get, get it back. Do what you got to do. Change the culture. And the culture needs completely – to be completely rebuilt, um, yep. particularly with, you know, he's, he might have some roster spots to fill. Um, I just think this is a great hire. This is a guy who spent a lot of time at one school, which I think is a tremendous advantage. It isn't like yep. a guy who bounced around, nope. you know, one year on this staff, one year on that. I, I think the advantage of working at a good program too, at College of Charleston, uh, yep. for Under a Bobby lot of Kremins. Bobby Kremens. Yeah. Um, you get involved in all aspects of it. You know, you're yep. not just, teaching skills you're actually working with kids and making sure they're in the you know doing their classwork um, he graduated 100 of his players at georgia southern yep. that's one thing I, nobody can pick at the way roe managed the off the court stuff nope and, and i'm happy that they've got a guy who appears can take that and just smooth sailing there will be no friction we're going to continue to have limited problems if you know no problems and guys doing good in the classroom being good students so um i'm excited i mean like he 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 also is a very successful recruiter. College of Charleston, I believe, has had one five-star in its yep. history. He was the lead recruiter. Happened well, he, he got started Richmond. his coaching career at Hargrave Military. Yeah. So the high school level, you know, at the very heavily recruiting high school level. Yes. Um, so it's not like he doesn't know the ins and outs of the game here. Yeah. Um, he, he himself was the state player of the year in Virginia Yeah. Um, from Salem High School uh, about the time we were in school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a Virginian – from before you know played for jerry wainwright at uncw on the some of those good uncw teams when we were in school right? three-year Finished, starter th- three-year starter thousand point scorer um you know so had played in the caa right or the yeah. precursor to the caa right i mean this is a I, I feel like he you know uncw charleston coming from virginia hargrave military that's pretty good stuff and then like you said my most exciting thing was the georgia southern thing just that they never win. No. I mean, JMU has more success than they did. And he won 20-plus games the last three years there. And I think there's a huge Georgia Southern to JMU comp to be made here. Um, you know, 
sorry if that's offensive on the academic side in some ways, but you know, Georgia Southern is what the third, fourth, third, probably third, fourth school in the state in terms of just like general name recognition Yeah. Um, in their state, you know, with Georgia and Georgia tech, um, they are located in the middle of nowhere. They don't have a history of like massive basketball success and they're a football school. They're a huge football school where they take yeah. it seriously like JMU. I mean, a very similar profile in that way. I think JMU's had more success all sports wise and stuff. Um, and, but I think it's the same kind of thing. Like you said about Houston, it's just nice to get somebody from a, from a place that it feels like if you can win in Statesboro, you can win in Harrisonburg to me. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, yeah. it's like, it, it's similar in terms of football as the, the tiny 20,000 pound gorilla or whatever you want yeah. to call it. But JMU is actually putting resources for the first time in a long time behind basketball. Well, that was Not great. I was glad in. to see a real deal, right? Six years yeah. at, I, I, I mean, we've, I don't know that I ever have seen the official number, but just some of the reported stuff, you know, at um, Signetti level money, right? Yeah. And I felt like if you're going to pull, you know, I, to me, it felt like a very lateral move for him in, in yeah. terms of just like conference and school commitment, right? And so JMU had to make a financial commitment to get someone like that. And I, I certainly hope for all the people that wanted someone with head coaching experience, I hope they are not now the people who have turned around and said they wanted a bigger name. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, would I rather have a young guy who appears to be on the up and up coming to JMU on a six year deal? Um, or would I rather have, you know, be dealing with the lunacy of Patino? I, I think I'd rather be where JMU is now and building towards something else. I, oh. I agree. And that you know, was as opposed to along. a two-year stop where, where you know that that person is hoping to go on back to the big time or, or just winding down a career or something, you know? Yeah, I mean, there, there is the, the dream scenario, I guess, for folks that one name would be like a Tommy Amaker. Sure. Where he kind of climbed the mountain and he went back down and he kind of reset and said, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm going to stay at Harvard and I'm going to be mm-hmm. successful there. It's tough to find people like that. I think more often than not, you find people – who kind of failed in the P5 and want to get back in the game. Um, uh-huh. The Seth Greenberg type hire for me, yep. I, yep. he, he didn't it's come fine. across as a guy who wanted to come to be like, I just want to build it. It was either like a swan song for a year or two, or let me go in there and three years later, get back to, to the P5. I don't, I don't know. That was my impression of him. And um, I don't, we'll never know probably, but I also wonder with everything going on right now, um, you know, with coronavirus and the way the world is, it feels like if you're making a change and JMU had already decided they were making a change, um, having someone who has been fully immersed in the recruiting world, yes, right. Not having someone who's had a four or five year or any kind of gap at all, really. I mean, this is going to be one of the more difficult um, recruiting environments. It is probably the most difficult recruiting environment college sports have ever seen um, this year. And to have someone who's connected and, and at least knows all the high school coaches and knows the, you know, the next two or three classes of kids in terms of knowing a lot of those names and having big boards for class of 23, 24, 25. Um, that's a really important thing right now. I, yeah. I wouldn't want to have relationships been, with AAU yeah, and high school coaches. Anybody who's been away from the game that, at that deep, deep level um, for any length of time at, right now feels like it would have been a really difficult time. Particularly so, just filling needs for next year. Doesn't I mean, thought. Yeah, I mean, they, they'd be JMU, in a world of hurt. Yeah, we'll see. We saw one player 
Uh, Darius Banks put his name in the transfer portal. We'll see what happens. As you so and I Wilson, both said, yeah, Wilson, Wilson did too. too. I mean, what can you do? I, I'm not saying I blame the kids or don't blame them. You know, I mean, they, they, we don't blame them. You know, this is what happens at our level when you have a coach. It happens change. at every level. I mean, it's, it's, what happens it's, it's one level. of the yep. few good things the NCAA has done. If yep. coaches can leave, players should be be able to look at their options. Yep. Um, this does not mean they're gone. Now, if you read the – it sounded – I mean, Wilson sounds gone. Yeah, um, to me, Banks, Wilson's a yeah. Wilson he's sounds a, like he's gone. He can. Um, he, he just sounds like a guy who might get a chance to play. I mean, he can really fill a roster on a on a P seven program. You know, probably. I thought I thought he improved a lot this year. I, yeah, I, thought, I, I don't want anybody to leave. I prefer to have him stay. Yeah, but at the same time, this is a team that won two games right. in the CIA. Right, I, I'm not going to freak out or think the the, the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. If we don't bring back a roster that collectively helped win two conference games, you know, right, right. Um, I'd be more concerned if we were seeing the freshman flee. I, I, I really think Christmas has a lot of potential. Um, the way that his minutes were handled throughout the season was one of, in my mind, the most questionable things that Roe was doing. I didn't understand how a guy could play 26 minutes one night and then two minutes the next night. It just, mm-hmm. and I don't know what goes on in practice, but it just, it, it didn't seem, based on the in-game performance, like he was doing anything to get benched. Um, so, I don't know. He, he seemed, when he, his highs were very, very high. Uh, same uh-huh. thing with Wooden. So, I'd, I'd like to see them come back. I'd like to see Banks come back. I think Banks is a tremendous basketball player. I yep. think he's got potential, um, you know, if properly motivated and put in the right situation and being part of a good culture. I think he's an all-CA type player. Uh-huh. Um, I think Wilson is a is a double double machine. You know, it, mm-hmm. I want them to come back, but if they're replaced, so be it. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's the price of switching coaches, and it's, yeah. it's a price worth paying. We had to make a move. Yeah, no no doubt about that. So, yeah, I I don't. I mean, I, it may be a long time. Who knows? I mean, we, we'll see. It could be. This is certainly going to make it more challenging to get ready for next year if we lose those kids and um, and have a new staff. And you know, who knows. If we just, there's no use in speculating about what's to come Mm-mm. in terms of school and everything. Um, JMU students just learned that they're not having school and your kids are home with you for the rest of the year, right? Yep. <laughs> yes, they are. They, yes, they are. Uh, yeah. So I think that's about all we have to say right now. I mean, I, it, we'll have to see what happens this summer. I, I can't, you know. We, we don't have – we're not going to see much else. Did see some football kids getting offers, and I'm guessing that's the next class, Rob? I guess, um, yeah. That's I'm guessing, probably yeah. rising seniors. Yeah, maybe. that's what I was thinking maybe. Um, everything's kind of so in transition right now. So a giving day was supposed to be this week. It was not uh, for obvious reasons. We'll probably come back and talk about that at some point. Uh, also saw, Rob, they moved the football seat deadline to June 15th, which is what prompted our little – Yes. Email exchange the last couple of days. Smart move. Uh, clearly a smart move. I mean, nobody's all, I mean, so many people are, you know, either unemployed or underemployed right now. I can't imagine them, you know, committing that kind of money to a football season that may or may not occur um, or who knows. So yeah, it's just a, that seems like the smart move. No doubt. It was a no brainer. We only hope we really, really hope that we can all get together um, to tailgate in August or September. So we'll see what happens. But we did have an overtime tonight. Rob put out uh, – we have four quick questions. Rob did put out today a, a call for questions. I think you said the weirder the better. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we got four um, in reverse order. Well, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all pretty weird. Um, yeah. Sufficiently yeah. weird. They're exactly sufficiently what we're weird. looking for. Yeah. The first one um, from our friend at Laura M. Higgins, Laura Hitty. Um, if you were a food or condiment, what would you be, Rob? Oh, man. Um, Old Bay. <laughs> Good answer. Just because Old, Old Bay goes on everything. I, I made potato chips yes. the other day. Like, I've never fried mayo on chips, but it was funny. It was like day one of the quarantine, and I was like all motivated, and I made potato uh-huh. chips, made Old Bay chips. Uh huh. And then, like, another week or two, I'm going to eat, I'm going to be like eating spaghetti out of an old shoe. I'm going to oh. be so bored. I'm cooking so much. I, I, never, I never do this much dishes because I've never I know. cooked this much, like this consistently. Yeah. And I'm also <laughs> paranoid about cleaning everything. Like, oh, constantly washing my hands. And what, oh, my hands are. I'm having to put lotion on my hands all Me the time too. now because oh. it's like cracking the other way. Yeah, Sam, same way. I'm the same way. Um, Back in my dishwashing days. Yeah, but old bay because it's versatile. Like the point yep. of my yeah, little, yeah. yeah little you know. But I digress. Point of my little tangent here is old bay chips are the greatest thing on earth. Yes, that's, to me, that's the greatest snack there is. There, there's uh-huh. nothing better than them, and it's incredibly easy if you make them yourself. You just douse them in old bay, but you can also obviously use it for crabs and shrimp and seafood. It's great on chicken. Like, I love Old Bay wings. I love uh-huh. putting on anything on the – anything you grill. Eggs. Pork chops. Eggs. Yeah. yeah. Um, potatoes. You know, potatoes. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baked mashed potatoes. Anything. I put it in everything. And it makes yeah. everything say better. And Bloody Marys. Like, yeah. you do the Old Bay oh, rim. Yeah. That's the best. In yeah. fact, I'm going to make one of those for myself this weekend just because we have the time. Well, so, I, I will make a Bloody Mary and – have a little old day on it. Speaking of, it, we're quarantine rules are airport rules. There's, yeah. Right? Well, There's not no... me. I've got a call in. <laughs> you got minutes. a call. We're cool. All right. Yeah. Mm. yeah technically, I. I'm, no, no, well, we won't say what time we're recording this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, I put pizza. I thought about putting salt or old bay myself because those are on everything. Um, but really, I've never met a pizza I didn't like, and neither has anybody else. Yeah. And they're pretty satisfied. You know, you can do it meat, no meat. Can satisfy a lot of people, except for the crazy gluten-free folks. Um, well, they can do their cauliflower pizza. They can do that too. Yeah. So, anyways, that was mine. The next yeah. one, Rob, is what live sports have you been consuming? This is from Peter Mooney. Um, with, the, with all the weirdness on TV and ESPN going to the Ocho on Sunday. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed the Ocho. I watched. Yes. I watched quite a bit of it with my kids. They were very mm-hmm. excited about it. Um, definitely watched some dodgeball. I got really into it, like not ironically into it, you know, similar to the way that I got really into curling during the Olympics. And yes. I, was, and I, you know, start off as a little bit of curiosity, but it's not like, not ironic. It's, oh, wow, that's really interesting. Um, speed climbing, which was set to be in the Olympics. It still will be just a year later now. But have you seen this, like the indoor, like bouldering? Yeah. Yeah. The, the speed climbing yes. is, is kind of interesting, but that's a little weird to me because it's yes. just one route and it's like seven seconds and yeah, the... it, it almost looks fake. But the bouldering yeah, is really cool. Yeah. Where they, you know, it's like eight different problems they got to do. And there's different points based on the holes you get. James and I were watching it. It was really neat. We watched the Women's National Championship uh, oh. from Boulder. I guess they filmed it just before this all really uh, blew up. Look. But it was, it's pretty interesting to watch. You know, they, they've got to cut down. So you're only watching like, you know, the certain parts of it. You're not, you know, sitting around waiting where they're stuck on certain things. Um, it's right. obviously easy to figure out. You just go up. <laughs> uh-huh. But it's cool. They're amazing athletes, that's for sure. Oh, um, And gosh, you have incredible. a little bit of that, like, you start off watching and you're absolutely amazed. Then by the end of watching it, you're like, oh, yeah, well, I, I could do that one. And I couldn't do any of it. <laughs> None of it. None of it. I've right, tried right. that stuff. Actually, when I was in Colorado, they've got, like, an outdoor yep. gym, yep. so I have boulders. 
and it's impossible. Yes, I know. So, so that, uh, that, was, that was my big one. That's that a good one. Yeah, I did. I did get a chance to watch a little bit of that. Uh, the 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 simulator NASCAR on Sunday. Oh, that's. I, actually... I have a feeling I will definitely be watching that again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this so. could be kind of a breakthrough for them because they NASCAR have been struggling, but people seem yeah. really excited about this. Well, and look, it is kind of fun. I mean, in terms of what can you see on TV? Uh, I mean, the one thing with the Ocho Sports that we're on, or the Marbles, or whatever, you don't know any of these people that are involved in this. Mm-hmm. You know that we're watching. Where the NASCAR was like, oh, these are actually people I, you know, am at least loosely familiar with. Yeah. Right? D- Denny Hamlin won the race. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I- I'll probably watch that again. Um, whenever they come back and I, yeah, you have to wonder if that's kind of the future for them. So who knows? Yeah. All right. Our third, yeah, our third question, Rob was from Duke's tailgate is I think he said when we were growing up, but I was thinking eighties, nineties uh, cartoon. If there was a cartoon slash action figure fight club, um, who would win from the eighties, nineties cartoon superhero world? Yeah. Th- <laughs> this is going to, both kind of age me and show where my interests are. These ones, like He Man, I didn't watch mm-hmm. it. I don't even know what Lion O is. Yeah, no, I don't Destro, know that. Either. Skeletor. I think, are those all He Man people? Like, I was. Ske- Skeletor definitely is. Yeah. He's the bad guy, right? I, yeah. yeah. I was never into toys. Like, I like no. Star Wars figures uh-huh. and Transformers are like sports, but like, I was never into G.I. Joe or He Man, so I didn't really like those shows. So Optimus Prime can win this, right? Yeah. But for me. <laughs> I'm just going back to what I did like was kind of the whole Warner Brothers and Looney Tunes. And so for me, it's Foghorn Leghorn. (laughs) He was just the big, I mean, he was the biggest, baddest on the block. He's whatever he's scared of. He's got that giant, like, barrel chest. He just, I mean, I've seen cockfighting on on videos and stuff like that. It's horrendous, but the guy looks like he can do some damage. So I'm going Foghorn Leghorn. That's funny. I said Voltron. Um, I just thought it was bigger and more team oriented was that the, the other was that the like robot that like, combined to make a bigger robot yes exactly so it was like the japanese version they brought it over here it was like weirdly violent for like how the a lot of those shows like they were always fighting each other but they weren't really that violent and that yeah. one was like, i don't know there was Anyways, another one in that like early anime thing I, yeah, yeah it was like, like some sort of it looked like a navy battleship but it would fly in the sky and it shot this massive laser cannon. Did you I have that? no idea. <laughs> I watched a lot of Mask, the cartoon Mask, growing up, which oh. was another like Transformer type thing. But none of those guys were like individually that, that impressive. Strong. Yeah. yeah, like, um, I don't know. Yeah, I was thinking like you. I'm like, I watched like the Jetsons. No, like, yeah, I, guess, I was in like yeah. the Flintstones, the Jetsons, yeah, like yeah, the Saturday kind of morning type more. thing, and the kind yeah, of the, classic, yeah. the, the funny ones. I was never that yeah. into the adventure cartoons. Yeah. And then our last question is awesome, Rob. This is from at John Rippey's house. Yeah. Um, on a scale of one to 10, how competitive, I think this is very appropriate for our time right now. Yeah. How, on a scale of one to 10, how competitive are you when playing games or competitions with your children? Right now, with one being always letting them win and 10 being leading to violence, uh, plots for revenge or wailing and crying. (laughs) And he said he noted that his kids are seven, three and three. Um, So, you know, I guess we can answer for him and then answer for you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I would think his young ones. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm hoping twins. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Um you got to let them win. I mean, you got you got to right. have fun. And I know James Harrison and this like everybody gets a trophy type people. They're going to get mad at me, but 
you got to get them in. It's got to be fun for them. Uh, mm-hmm. You got to get it to what where they like playing again, um, with some exceptions. I mean, at a mm-hmm. certain point, you just need to kill the Candyland and just yep. end that game. Yeah. Shoots and ladders. If you have an opportunity to win, win, because otherwise that game just goes on for eternity. <laughs> um, but like in sports, you just want to get them out there having fun and uh-huh. having a good time, hopefully, so they want to play with you as they get older. The seven-year-old gets tougher because some of them start to pick up on it and realize, yeah. like, if you're not taking it seriously, they're going to be mad. Do? But yeah. then it'll flip. I know with my kids, you know, don't, oh, you're not trying hard. But then as soon as you try too hard, it was waterworks. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it's definitely like a one or two, I think, until they get to be five or six years old. Seven, you start playing a little bit more, um, make it a little more interesting. But you still got to let them win, in my opinion. Yeah. And I know yeah. people bash me. I'm at a tough age now where... Yeah, you're getting to where you've really got to pr- start trying here. Yeah. <laughs> like fully... Yes. Right? Um, you might lose. Yes. Sam yeah. turned 12 yeah. uh, this past week. James turns 10 on Saturday. Right. James is much more athletically inclined. We'll just put okay. it that way. Um, right. Their games are insanely competitive. Yeah. The one-on-one that has been going on in our backyard yeah. nearly always ends in a fight. Um, right. And then the biggest thing, and then afterwards, they'll spend an hour saying, I'm better. Dad, tell us who's better. You know I'm better. Don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is very obvious. I cannot say the answer. It will crush Big Brother. Um, (laughs) And James also has this thing. My youngest is a good athlete. I'm not not trying to say he's not the next whatever, you know. (laughs) I'm not saying we're going to see him suiting up for, for the Dukes and, right. and being fine in a couple of years, but he's right. good. Um, right. He knows he's good, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. Sam this is, is my, Sam yeah. is competitive and tall and mm-hmm. feel better. James, they'll play one-on-one and James will get out to a huge lead and then feel bad. He doesn't want to be, so he lets Sam come back yeah. and Sam is so determined. If you let him come back, he might find a way to win because he, he yeah. goes completely into bully big brother ball. Or yes. he's just face washing and elbows, and yes. then James loses it. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. James also will play one on one with me, and if I'm not trying, he absolutely knows it, and then it's complete waterworks. I'm not yeah. a baby; you gotta try. <laughs> um, so with him, I I gotta really, I I gotta try hard, and he just needs, but not so hard that I'm crushing him, but hard enough that I win. Um, yeah. I have lost games of twenty one to the boys recently. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. things get away from me, but yeah. I, I'm trying. <laughs> Right now, I'm probably about eight. We're like, okay. I'm going to win, but I don't want to humiliate them. Right. Um, and yeah. there's times when I need to start going to like shooting my left hand. But if I do it too much, they call me out now. So okay. I need to try. And I'm in danger of losing sometimes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm about eight. I, I'm not bloodthirsty. Okay. Uh, neither one of them would take it well. So as they yeah, get I, older, I, I'm, I'd say by the time James is Sam's age, I will need mm-hmm. to be playing my all-out hardest or I will be losing. Yeah. Well, I just, I feel for parents um, incredibly. My next door neighbors, I, I mean, I'm quite certain I've never, you know, they're, they're really great, right? They're always out with their kids. But when I say now, they're always out with their kids yep. and their kids are young, you know, like not in the, like at least your boys as angry and fighty as that can get. Um, you can also play like a board game or cards and play a legitimate game that's entertaining, right? Or play basketball. I mean, it's not just like constant. I mean, the neighbor's kids, my next door neighbor here is like, I think they're like two and four, you know, and that's got to be just brutal 24 seven all the time, you know? So 
Anyways, um, well, we're feeling it all with everybody out there. Rob, I don't know if you have anything else. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk about something not related to our own anxiety. Um, yes. Even if we spent the first eight or nine minutes talking, talking about, about that. our own anxiety. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Um, but everybody hang in there. We'll be back to cheering for the Duke sooner or later. And I would encourage you. Uh, I was just thinking about this. I mean, everybody's got to make their own choices in terms of who they can and what, what people can support. We're both really fortunate right now to still be working, Rob. Yep. And, you know, to not have to make um, a whole lot of, you know, other than staying at home and we're not making a lot of sacrifices um, compared to the people who have to keep working in really dangerous situations right now, or even just the people who don't have the ability, I mean, who aren't able to work or have lost their job. So just think about it. I was thinking about it in terms of JMU, who knows when we're going to get back to normal, but um, you know, that's, if you, if, if we matter to you, then JMU athletics probably matters to you. And I'm sure they're going to need the help too when the time comes. Uh, Yes. Yeah. So it's going to be a, I saw that thing with the NCAA saying they're going to give 220 million. They're going to pay out. From, they normally pay out 600 million from the tournament. Like they're going to pay out because schools need something. But yeah. that's a huge drop off from what schools normally receive from the rights they sell for March Madness. So, you know, everyone's going to be in a tough spot uh, when things when when hopefully things do return to normal at some point this year so and yeah if people stay home that will maybe that make it go maybe make a difference um, yeah uh, people can accuse us of being political all you want is not political this is listen to the the doctors yeah. and the public health experts and they're saying okay things are not the economy's not gonna not gonna be good we get that right. but as the fed chairman said today no underlying fundamental problems we can get through this if we do it right and stay home, keep everybody healthy. This, it's going to be tough in the short run, but that will enable us to get back to recovering. And yeah. it's a resilient country. It's a resilient business community. We'll find a way. But if people ignore this and just drags on, we're well, going to be like having the more out. seriously we take it right now for a while, the harder the it's going to be. In the the more we can get back to like the faster we can get back to normal, right? It seems kind I of mean, dry to me. Like I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd rather have a very bad month than a pretty bad year and a half. Yeah, exactly. I'd really like to be at Bridgeforth on Labor Day weekend. So yeah. 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 Um, let's let's go, people. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rob. I will talk to you soon. Um, have a good one. We'll we'll come up with a let me know when you want to do this again. <laughs> yeah. And you know what we gotta do is um these Twitter suggestions are great, but I saw Anchor had some improvements. We can send out links for people to leave us little voice memos or voice oh, questions yeah, yeah. and we can incorporate it. So maybe we can give that right. a shot. Um, yep. I keep thinking I'm going to have time to like figure all this stuff out. And I, I have the day goes time. so fast. Right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, actually. So anyways, thanks Rob. I will talk to you soon. Come on home and turn me